I've got a cheat here. Yeah. So we've been playing music. You know, we start off every hour with two, two songs. The Duke of Orlando saying, Is my CIC dancing there, Caesar? Pella, that man can't dance to save his life. I used to think he does it deliberately, but now I've made peace with the fact that Julius is hopeless when it comes to the dance floor. I can't dance. You can DJ, though. Yeah, I can DJ. DJs mm. don't know how to dance. Do you know how to dance? I do not know how to dance. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's difficult. Okay, so we're taking your calls. Give us a shout. 086-00-00959. Send us a WhatsApp voice note as well. If Because right now, if you call, you're going to be like maybe queue number 13 or something. Uh, the voice notes can be sent to 036 Um, Hi, hi, Sizwe. And also hi to the commander-in-chief there in studio. Mine is a quick one. I want to get his views um, on the recent spate of violence. Um, in our country, particularly in the KZN and also the Gauteng province. What is his views? Because he once warned us of uh, an unled revolution in this country. Are we at that stage yet? Um, and also, why was he quiet? Because he was just too quiet for my liking. Thank you. It's Mkokeli in Kabeh. Okay, Mkokeli, let me play another one before we answer Mkokeli's question. Yeah. So, Sizeman, OCIC always had a close relationship, uh, no Zuma, how? At some point, he was there during the rape trial saying we will kill for Zuma, we will do this. We've always seen him more no Zuma, like, you know, in relationship Peter when when he was fired from, from the ANC Youth League. So he mustn't say he's been more closer. No, we've seen him more no no Baba, no Ramaphosa. Thank you. Naming Tulenje because I know that's a fact. In fact, we, <laughs> don't, even, we don't even need to go back. No. You see in Kandla when yeah. you're having tea. Yeah. I haven't seen you smile like that in maybe four years. I worked with the guy. He was the president of the ANC. Yeah, was the president of the youth league. You, you meet up with Matamela every day. You don't smile like that. No, you don't see you me met up and with Matamela the... in the pictures. I do. No. You met up with uh, Tawombeg. You didn't smile like that. No ways. No ways. No ways. Okay, but you can answer the question. No, no, I never had that type of a relationship, and uh, everybody knows that. You can ask Mbalul of the closest people I have a relationship with in the ANC currently is Mbalul. You mm. can ask him independently from me. I never had that type of a relationship with Ubaba. I worked with him, so you'll see me more often with him because we we shared stages together. We worked together. We were meeting almost every Monday. Uh, strictly business and formal. I never had anything outside uh, with Zuma other than engaging on formal issues. But it's different with the current president. We can talk anything mm. outside our own political differences and views. Look, I will tell you this. The current president is very open, even with his number. Yes. That's the sort of guy you yes. yes. text you and people His text number back. is there. Yeah. You can call him anytime. Mm. So we had that type. We have that type of an engagement. So I w I don't want to take chances and claim that I had a relationship with Zuma and Zuma comes here and says, uh -uh, like Zondo did to him. And said, I, I don't know him. <laughs> so 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 so. And then with the violence. Well, it's an ANC problem, really. I don't know why people vote for the ANC, and then they want to come and complain to me. They've got a government they've elected. They've got ministers they've elected. They've got councillors and mayors they've elected. Every time they get into trouble, they look for Malema. And when Malema speaks, Malema is an irritation. When he keeps quiet, Malema is an irritation. People must go to their government. This government is an illegitimate government because 
it couldn't handle civilian matters in a civilian manner. What they did, they went to take soldiers and put soldiers on the ground. That's why they call it insurrection, because they want to justify why there are soldiers on the ground. It's not an insurrection. It's a protest. Whether there is looting, whether there is fire, all of protest has got fire. All of protest has got looting, by the way. Even in 1976, bottle stores were raided. Shebins were raided. So it's not true. Every revolution has got elements of destruction to property. And therefore, you can't say, no, because there is looting, it is illegitimate. It is not in keeping with how revolutions get to be conducted. There's destruction of property when there is a, a, a insurrection or when there is a revolution. The soldiers are on the ground. We are told it's a coup. We are told it's an insurrection. We are told all manner of things. None of the above. The real problem here is that the president board being president. This is very important because you have to win through the genuine legitimate support on the ground. Why? So that when there is someone who challenges your authority, those who elected you, because there are many in numbers, will rise in your defense. Not the army. The people should have risen in the defense of their government. But this is an illegitimate government which bought its presidency. And that's why people didn't stand up to defend it. In Cuba, when there was a sponsored protest recently running the same time with ours, the response was not the military. The people themselves stood up and defended the revolution and said, we're not going to allow any counter-revolution in Cuba. Here, it is the soldiers. So let me ask you this. So, so once you call the soldiers Caesar from the barracks, then you must know you have declared yourself an illegitimate leader. You are effectively saying to us, I can no longer control my people. I need the army. So why would you say you are legitimate when you can't control your own people? And so when I, knowing the kind of influence you have on the ground, why didn't you take the opportunity to then lead effectively from the front? You no, say it's an NC problem. Yes. It's actually a countrywide problem. No, no, no. It's it an, is. It's it an, is. An, no, it I can't, affects our entire country. I can't go and address ANC problems. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'll tell you why, right? Because, for example, yes. when you went to address the people of Marikana, albeit it was early in the party's yes. formation, yes. there was an NC but, problem. No, it was not. It was. No, it was not. Our people in Marikana rose on their own to challenge uh, the mining bosses and they demanded money. Their demands were legitimate. Here, you've got a protest that starts with internal factional battles of the ANC and I'm called upon to go and solve it. So the comparison with Marikana is neither here nor there. Marikana had nothing to do with internal matters of the ANC. Zuma's matter is an internal ANC problem which they were supposed to have solved long time ago and they've allowed it to live this far. I said to them, go to the people. No leader sends the people. Only five, five countries, we joined now, almost five countries, with soldiers on the street. We're number six now. And of these five countries, is countries that do not have legitimate governments. One of those is Uganda. The second one I can think of is here in Swaziland. Soldiers on the street. We joined the queue 
of illegitimate government because those people can appeal to the people. Why? They know they don't have a popular vote. Molen Matoto, go Pambila Petemis, Masbule, Siasing, Oguza Abba, Spinders, Bule, and now it's his house and Azumpe. He's doing a great job. My biggest concern now is that as a Irukurulin resident, we are being overcharged um, so we can pay off debts of other townships within Irukurulin that don't pay. That's one problem. Another problem is that there's gross mismanagement and lack of accountability within our municipalities. Is there a strategy on how should we take over, should the EFF take over Ikuruleni to fix these dysfunctional, dysfunctional municipalities? Ikuruleni specifically? Yeah, we must take it. I think uh, Muzwandile has run it down. Uh, we need to take it and then fix the problems of our people there. Uh, we need a municipality that is people-driven and not functional a driven municipality which puts interest of certain individuals first more than the interest of uh, our community. Actually, in Gauteng, one of our strongest regions is Ikurulen. Uh, even now, with preparations of our RPAs, it was one of the first to go to its uh, RPA. So we're more than ready. We're on the ground. We're working very hard uh, to take over that uh, municipality. Uh, Muzwandile might be a good guy, but uh, for as long as he's with uh, that group of the ANC, nothing is going to work. Uh, everything has to be resolved factionally, uh, and uh, it is for their pockets and not for the people of South Africa and Igorlen in particular. Nazi in Kempton Park, thank you very much for holding. No, no problem, please. Uh, afternoon, Mr. Malema. Uh, my question is, is around... Um, are you willing to relinquish power when the time comes uh, on your next um, elective conference? Um, that's my question. Thank you. Thank you very much. Two that's, terms, No, no, there's no term limit. Okay. Uh, but we, we, the reason why you shouldn't even have a doubt is because we go to conference and elect. So if I wanted to leave this position with a coffin, uh, there will be election of uh, every position except the position of the president. It's open. It can be contested. Five-year term and... Uh, for as long as uh, our people are saying I must be uh, available uh, to be elected, I'll continue to serve. But uh, the day they remove me, I will not even have a problem with anyone. I will just walk home and continue to support this organization of ours. It's a very important organization and it's, it has got a role to play into the future. And uh, we will support it, whether we are in positions of power or not. Is there a future for an EFF without Julius Malema? There is. That's why EFF is now established beyond uh, Julius Malema's image. Um, individuals play critical role in the pursuit of the revolution. Uh, but there is Cuba without Fidel Castro and Che Guevara. There is South Africa without uh, Mandela. There is Zimbabwe without President Mugabe. And the list goes on. So there will be powerful, recognizable figures uh, you know, sometime as we pursue the revolution, but uh, even through nature, they will live if they don't want to live through democratic process. And organizations will always be there. So our loyalty should be with the organization and not with individuals. Ndatin Rodeport, thank you very much for holding. Hi, Sizo. Yebu. Hi, Sizo. Thank you so much for the time. No worries. Um, 
my 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 question is is around the the the, the concept the expropriation without compensation. I I, I want to ask the CIC uh, the sustainability of it and and the amount of impact it will have on our economic outlook and the amount of disinvestment obviously the country will experience. And I, 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 I'm starting to think that Julius General is a demagogue. You know, uh, he is barely, purely basing this on rhetoric just to really uh, advance a certain agenda without noting the impact it will have generally on the economy. Um, expropriation without compensation has never, ever lasted. It has never, ever taken any country, uh, especially in Africa, uh, anyway. So for, for, for him to even advance that specific, specific narrative, I'm trying to establish what is it that he's trying to achieve and does he know the implications of uh, expropriation without compensation. Thank you very much for that question. Okay, so that's one. Let me take a second call and then you can answer both back to back. Mpo? Yes, I, uh, thanks afternoon to the, to the CAC as well. Yes. Mine is two points, that, three actually, that I wanted the CAC respond to here. The land that they're in the hands of traditional uh, leaders. What do you say? Is it that part? When you say it talks about the land, is that inclusive? And then it does the traditional leaders have a future in this space? And uh, um, in my opinion, I, I like the two, the, 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 the traditional leaders, uh, uh, models of operandi with the politician, if they can combine the two, will work for the for, for our country, if not African. And then secondly, the one for, for the borders, we need to prepare. I was also of not up for the opinion of, of, of one Africa, but I tend to, 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 to have a buy-in into that. However, we need to prepare our people first before we can collapse the border. And then lastly, the one for uh, something that I think that it, it will unite the people or the African is the language. That is the role that I played was there's a rumor that our English is the the language, what do you call it? Um, Xenophobic. No, no, the language that uh, uh, they call it um, uh, the, 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 uh, the African language that will unite the African, unlike speaking English as African. Me, Sorry. I think what we Swahili definitely is the thing for that. What I'm what I'm saying that anything that divides people is the language. If it's Julius Alimopedi, Kebolela Fezulu, and then we differ, and then I tend to to be more closer to the next person who speaks Fezulu rather than the baby. So I think it's, it's, if we can adopt one African language, that will work for us. I need you to comment. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Well, uh, the you know, Cizu, the minerals mineral rights were in the hands of private mining companies until this new dispensation came, expropriated all of those mineral rights and made the state the custodian of those mineral rights. There was no economic collapse. If anything, the economy grew. Uh, And these companies never ran out of South Africa's economy because we took the mineral rights away from them and said the state is the custodian of mineral rights. The same thing with water rights. The state is the custodian of water rights. And no one has ever said, I'm going to disinvest because the state is now the custodian of water rights. So we are asking of the land as a natural resource like the two, where a state becomes a custodian of the land. What does what does it mean practically? It means that these Kaya FM offices will remain where they are 
and the owners will continue to own these properties of theirs. But they will know that their property is sitting on the land that is owned uh, by the state. For as long as they've outlined what they are using this land for, because people come and say, we're going to do this type of development. There's no development at all. So you have to, as a state, then be able to move in and say, but you promised us that you're going to do farming here and there's no farming taking place. So move out so that we can put put in a person who's going to do farming. So these things of throwing concepts of demagogues and all of that is when you run out of ideas and you start looking for Oxford Dictionary on how you can insult people. Because there is nothing that Julius Malema has ever said which didn't come to pass. I don't just say rhetoric. Almost everything I said uh, came, came to pass. We want the traditional leaders to be part of the institutions that are going to manage the land. So traditional leaders are part of the state. When we say the state ownership, we include traditional leadership. There will be certain portions as they are now where traditional leaders will be in a position to manage and continue with what they've been doing. But they must make sure that they act in line with the constitution. Because some of the traditional leaders do not allow women to own land. In, in, in rural areas. We have to do away with that. You can't say we're happy with that. So they have to do things in a particular way, but they are part of the state. That's why Ngonya Matrast supposed to account to parliament because they are part of the state. Uh, uh, one Africa, it is possible. It's not going to be announced uh, in the morning uh, that you know, we are now one Africa. No. He's right. Let's take our people along. Uh, let's educate them. They are very angry when we talk about it. They respond angrily. The, the, the role of a fighter, a role of a commissar, is a doctor of society. You, you have to make sure that society heal from the wounds of dislike and disunity uh, of Africans. So we, how do you do that as a doctor of society? You have to go and educate society, do a proper diagnosis and provide proper uh, solution to the diagnosis of what could be a possible solution to problems that are affecting uh, Africans. You know, an African who's poor in Mali must be a problem. You can't say, no, they are poor. They are going to come here poor. No, they will never move away from Mali. They will never come here. We have to join efforts, all of us, as, as, as Africans. Swahili is the most practical language, not because it's big, it was one of the big languages. No, it's not. But it's already being spoken in different countries. So you might say Zulu is big, but it's only spoken in South Africa. But once you go with a language that is already in different countries, then you are not going to start from zero. Hence, we have made a call. As also, EFF. very similar to Nguni languages, yes. by the way. So we have made a call, and you'll find some dialects of Zulu as well mm. in Swahili. So we have made a call to the minister uh, in the past as EFF for Swahili to be taught in schools. And once we start teaching Swahili as South Africa, then we'll be able to call all of African continent to start teaching Swahili. And once we've got a common language that we can use to communicate amongst ourselves and not use colonial languages, the unity of Africa is going to be easy. Now we are divided uh, between the Francophones and the Anglophones. 
were divided through colonial languages. Let's push this language and make sure that we've got some starting point. And the most practical thing to do now, which the minister and the president should support if they're interested in uniting African people, is to say, let's teach Swahili and encourage other countries to start teaching Swahili. Then we have canvassed the first ground of dealing with the most basic, which is communication. Because in most cases we agree, but we talk past each other because of language. Mkolisi in Motlaking, Kunjan. How are you doing, Sizwe? Hi, we well. Thank you very much, Baba. Salapas Gwendao. Oh, good, man. I'll be quick. Uh, good evening, Mr. Malema. Um, I just have um, a quick question regarding the, the sharp increase, you know, the numbers in unemployment. As an entrepreneur myself, I just want to understand your position uh, on, on, on these uh, government funding agencies and parastatals. What is your position and your views on, you know, the, the reports that have been coming forward and, and people reporting that the NYDA is looting millions and millions of money uh, that, that is supposed to be supporting young people uh, into their businesses. And how would you, as the EFF leader uh, or perhaps as an organization, support young people and um, uh, um, work with young people in assisting them in their businesses, particularly in, in relation to youth funding and their businesses? Thank you. Well, uh, the EFF has always called for the establishment of uh, a state bank, a matter that Minister of uh, Finance, uh, uh, Honorable uh, Tito Mboweni, supported before he became a minister, and then he said something else after he became a minister. So that is the most effective thing, where people with business ideas can approach the bank, and the bank assist them without subjecting them to racial profiling and excluding them on the basis of being African. So the state bank is the most effective thing that can be done. The EFF can practically challenge any funding institution that is engaged in corrupt activities. And where there is such evidence, it must be brought to our attention. We'll personally uh, take it up with those institutions who have done that successfully where young people were able to expose uh, such corrupt activities where they are being excluded from funding on the basis of uh, corruption. Uh, but from our coffers, uh, Shem, who are just like the rest, who are one of the poorest organizations, <laughs> we, we can't put much into uh, youth business, but we are there to fight for those agencies to do the right thing. But long-term solution is state-owned bank. General Bandu Olomisa would disagree with you when you say you're one of the purest, uh, poorest parties. But yes. that's a story for another day. Vusi. Ciao, how's it going? Great, Baba Wena. Ciao, how are you going? Yes, how are you going? How are you going? I'm going to ask you, why Deputy President Ahumukiso is he choosing in a piece or only something Senghar was cooking or only something Senghar has escaped? But he's sick, that guy. In Jiang. He's, he's even gone for No, even for before that. Even, even before. before. Yeah. The guy has arrived. Uh, he, he has got his package. The cars are permanent. The salary is permanent. And uh, he's got uh, allocated budget uh, in retirement. So I think uh, he has arrived. He, he, the guy is not interested. And anyone who puts his money on DD uh, as the possible future president... You are completely wasting your time. Uh, 
I think he's no longer interested. He's no longer doing politics. And he doesn't have the necessary courage to come out and say, guys, uh, this came as a shock. Thank you very much. I'll retire to the farm. Speaking of that, by the way, when will you retire, right? Because any politician has, I guess, a mandate and a mission to achieve. You've done a lot in your in, to... in, in your young life as a politician. Yeah. When would you go, ah, I think you grand much. No, I said to the colleagues that at 55, I want to leave. Is it about the age or is it about what happens? So, you no, know, your party is only eight years old. Yeah, it's about the age. I I I, I started very young. Mm. Uh, so if I live at 55, I might experience the other parts of life which I do not know. So what because are you hoping to do I, in the next 15 years if, for example, this happens to be your last term? Let's we, just say. we want to grow this organization mm-hmm. um, and we want to make it uh, a better organization. Uh, my passion is in farming. Uh, so even if uh, this is my last term, uh, I'll go into farming. Uh, by the way, when the ANC expelled me, I went into farming and I appeared in front uh, in the front page of City Press that this is where I'm retiring to. And Praveen screamed in SARS offices that, does he still have a farm? And then they came and took it away from me. And I was, I was not being a problem to them. I said, let me go and do my farming. So even now, I, I like farming. Uh, we've got a big land that our family has claimed through land claim. 4,000 hectares. Yeah, uh, it's a very big land. And uh, we've got, uh, I think, not less than 700 cattle, but belonging to different uh, family members in one. Uh, so we'll pursue that. Um, and and, and um, if 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 and and that will not mean I will leave politics. I'll still be an active member of the EFF and support the EFF, and I'll make my services available to the sitting president of the EFF if he so requires that I must be assigned certain responsibilities. But at fifty-five, I will I will I will if 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 God allows, I will leave uh, politics. And go and concentrate on on a different thing altogether, so that I, I don't just die a political animal. I, I should be knowing other aspects of life. And I think my kids and my wife will also appreciate that because then they can do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son likes different types of things, and he can have access to them because the father is a politician, a member of society, and. If you engage in certain things, you'll be harshly dealt with. And it's a fact you will have to live with and accept. But once we left, they can do what they want to do. Speaking about family, about a year ago, you lost your grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember speaking to you after you'd been expelled from the ANC and you were speaking about how heartbroken she was, yeah. but also how she gave you instructions, don't you ever go back there now Yeah, because those guys will kill you, were the words that you told me at the yeah. time. Yeah. I imagine seeing her heartbroken was not pleasant. As of late, seeing the success of the EFF, are you happy with how she left and seeing that she left you, I guess, in this world in a way different position than you were in eight, nine years ago? She was always concerned about the EFF supporters. And she will ask in Veneg or Silos Chavasesa or say, Oh, she shall among well ANC. Like, who are you going to leave these people with if when you, you go, go back, back mm. to the ANC? Because 
They have sacrificed so much. They have gone through a lot. And uh, they were judged harshly uh, by society and their bosses and everybody else. And you, one day, you just wake up in the morning and you say, you're going back to the ANC. What's going to happen to these people? Um, you will rather die with your boots on with these people uh, to the end. And those are words of wisdom that I cannot go against. So I can't go against the wishes of the dead. Um, um, uh, even if um, I were to uh, think differently. I was saying to one of my cousins, um, imagine one day if Zuma says he wants to come here, visit me at Zone 1. And he said to me, you know, by going to Nkandla, we thought we understand. But if you try that one, you'll be trying ancestors now. You are stretching it too far. So, so I will not, uh, you know, uh, betray what uh, uh, she told me needs to happen. I mean, she used to say to me, I will not die until I see in whose hands am I leaving you. So, meaning she wanted me to get married and know that, okay, there's someone in his life. Because I'm the only child. I've got no siblings. So, she, she has always been worried that this guy is going to be a loner. If he, if he, I don't live in, in someone's care. And uh, she left me in capable hands. I've got to then ask you this as well, now as you brought it up. There was a change in you mm -hmm. post-NC Youth League. Yeah, Everything, lifestyle change, even lost weight. I don't know if it was through exercise or surgery. <laughs> uh, you obviously got married, got your life together. I don't even think, for lack of a better phrase, you still drink anymore, but you can tell us. I don't know. Who What informed that decision? Well, uh, you, 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 like you said, um, when we are young, we must be allowed to be young and we must be allowed to commit mistakes because young people have got a license to commit mistakes. So we lived our time, uh, we enjoyed ourselves, we committed a lot of mistakes, we learned out of those mistakes. But we can't be young forever. Um, we can't be young forever. We, we have to reach a point where we have to now start collecting ourselves and focusing on the future. And that's exactly what uh, inspired all of what I am today. Um, so it, it was going to happen. It's a natural thing uh, to happen. So, you know, the biggest thing for me uh, is making sure that you've got a, a, a functional family and you are available for your kids. I'm a father of the boys. I never had a father available to me. Uh, and everything else I didn't get, I must make sure my children get. So I try by all means to spend a lot of time with them, to be available there, play with them, and uh, make sure that they don't miss that father figure in their life because I don't know what it means to have a father. And I don't want them to have the same the same problem. So, yeah, so, so, so it's growth, I would guess, uh, that came with all of this. And with that, thank you very much. That's where we need to leave it. Uh, the CIC of the EFF, Mr. Julius Malema. If you missed any part of this interview, we will make it available online. We've also got footage, video footage that you'll be able to access via both our own website and the EFF website. Uh, and the podcast will be on our website as well, kaya959.co.za. Thank you very much for all of your calls. Thank you very much for all of your messages. 
Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, and hopefully you enjoyed it too. Thanks for no, coming I through. I did. I did. Thank you for having me. I just want to address one point of Phoenix where the Indians were mm. killing our people there. Um, the police will have to find those people because we may be left with no option but to go find them ourselves. So the sooner they do that, the better. Uh, what they did there is it's unforgettable. We'll never forgive them for what they did to our people.